recording is in progress. Yes. What's up, gangsters? Yo. Hello. What up, everybody? Whoa, whoa. It's the back to the podcast. This is um uh this is Nate over here. Yep. And, yep. And and I am I am Mike. I am Mike. Oh, Mike. And this is the God Guns and Family podcast. Thank you for tuning in yet again. Yep. Yep. You might there may not be anybody listening. And you know what? That's all good because this That's is good. a conversation between two dudes, man. Putting it out in the universe, bro. Putting it how out we roll. The, That's how the, we roll. Uh, into the airwaves. Yeah. So basically what we do here is we're talking about, you know, um, newer folks like me getting on the path, following following Jesus. That's and it. Um, doing what we can to try to figure it out because it's not easy. It can be confusing for some people, and the There's main a lot thing we're to trying digest, to do is yeah. give out some guidance to uh, help whoever it is who's yeah. out there trying to do something. It doesn't have to necessarily be men, but this is focused towards dudes. Yeah, and if uh, if you're a dude and you got a lady who wants to listen, that's it. It's all good. And ladies good. on the other side of this, if you're listening it, listening to what we're saying in hopes of gaining a different understanding and perspective of what your dude's going through, or even. Dudes in general, you're in the right spot. Yeah. So um, we kind of talked about it this week about what we were going to focus on making this episode about. And one of the things that I felt was pretty interesting and thought that um, just like probably something super, super interesting for everyone to kind of take a look at and um you know, focus on if for what no other reason, this may be a reason for you to follow Jesus, right? Yep. Follow, you know, get into Christianity, follow, you know, go to church or something like that. Um, there's a lot of reasons behind it. Um, I know a lot of people have a hard time with blind faith, you know, or with their uh, understanding of what blind faith is. Yeah. Um, they may have an issue with trying to believe into in something that they just may not they may not understand right yep. so yes, um i don't really understand it you know more than i do like i always <laughs> say but um the last week or so i've done a decent amount of research not necessarily research i just kind of like put it together you know what i mean i wasn't like studying. going out and looking for it yeah i wasn't going out and like yep. looking for the information it was just on my normal kind of quest to kind of gain more knowledge and be a little bit closer to Jesus and stuff like that. Um, this stuff kind of came up, you know, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's a, you sent me the notes and I was like, Oh sweet, bro. This could like each one of these things we're talking yeah. about could have its own like dissertation. It's going to be a pretty cool little <laughs> podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and basically to get down to what we're talking about. So, uh, there are a lot of people who do not believe in Jesus or believe in God, or they don't think yep. that there's a God out there or anything, something along those lines. Right. Um, and you may be kind of on the fence and you may want to believe that there's something there, but you just like, you may need proof or something yep. like that. So I kind of went through a list of different things that come up and there's a lot, there's even more evidence than I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, it's extensive. There's a lot. And you know, so I just kind of was being super curious and um, doing that whole thing. So this may be a huge barrier for someone who is like, man, I just, 
I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if there's a God, I don't know if this is there. I, I believe that something else is, you know, why we're here then, you know, or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, you may have family or friends who are unsupportive, who are like, well, that's kind of hokey or that's, you know, make belief or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, this is probably something that you can share with them. Um, and if you have a friend who may not believe, then this is, these are things that you can share with them for them to research on their own. Um, it's not, it's not blind faith. I nope. don't really know what that would be, I guess. I mean, I've always believed, you know, always. Um, yeah. There's just like, dude, such so, out there. <laughs> there really is like, and people say like, you know, okay, blind faith. I mean, like everyone's allotted a measure of faith is what the Bible says. I don't necessarily know um, where the address of that is. I'll find that here in just a minute, but um, it's like everyone has faith in something, whether yep. your faith is in like natural law, like, you know, innately um, we're, like wired with faith and like mm -hmm. that's in Romans 12 verse three. Um, everyone's a lot of measure of fate. Right. So like for me, when I was, cause I was like super on the opposite side, like I was had every like reason in my head, like I thought were justifiable reasons to have like, you know, faith, like I, like, like in, everything contrary to God, essentially. Like I had some crazy doctrinal beliefs, like, like, you know, I could influence, I don't know if you ever like read the, you know, the secret, like where you can influence your reality based on how you think and all sorts of other stuff. So essentially like made myself God in numerous different ways, which is not, I mean, that's just wrong. It's the same thing that Satan did, got cast out of, out of heaven for, right. Or Lucifer. Yeah. Um, but like everyone's allotted a measure of faith, right? So everybody believes in something whether that's in you believe in the goodness of people, whether you believe in yet you're held to the earth by gravitational pull towards the center of the planet at 9.8 meters per second squared, like whatever you have, you have your, you have faith in something. So when people are like, Oh, it's just blind faith or you have this, you know, this crutch that you lean on. I'm like, no, dude, you believe in something like there's something that you put all your faith in. And it's like, this whole Christian thing isn't blind faith when you start studying like the scientific evidence to back things up. Right. Like, I don't know. It, so if you were to take like 12 people and put them all around a corner and of, of an intersection and there was a car crash and you eyewitness testimony, each person, each person is going to have a different variation of what just happened. So you're not going to get a cohesive testimony of like, this is exactly what happened. You're going to get a whole bunch of other things. Now look at how many authors were in the Bible, how many different authors all saying the exact same thing, especially if you're looking at the, you know, the synoptic gospel. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, like mm -hmm. they're saying the same thing. There's a cohesiveness from the beginning to the end that only could be inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know, trying to think of any people standing in the same room to get them on agree at anything nowadays is just you're sideways if you think that's going to happen. And then if yeah. you look at that, just rational, like using logic and rational, like a rational logic, like there's no way a bunch of people 
over thousands of years could be saying the exact same thing if there wasn't some sort of divine in you know divine authorization and authoring of it yep so you know yeah some people say you got a crutch dude but man for me jesus is it like aside from jesus i deserve to be in the gutter man like aside from jesus like i i'm a dead man he's the only reason why i'm still standing and talking and sitting right here talking to y'all is 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 grace and him pursuing me, dude, taking leaving the 99 to pursue uh to pursue the one, which is me, dude. It was a hundred percent me. Yeah, and then um so there's uh basically this week I was looking at these uh documentaries on uh Pure Flix and basically what they went over was it was a, this this guy, his name is uh Lee Trobel, I think his name is. Yeah. And the case for Christ, the case for Christ. There's a case for the creator and the case mm -hmm. for faith. Yeah. Um, so this dude, the, and then, and they made a, a film actually like a movie with portraying him and telling the story about how he became a believer and stuff like that. And he went into it as a journalist, right? So he went in and he was trying to prove it wrong. Yep. He was trying to make it to where, like he wanted to prove that Jesus and God did not exist. Yep. And um, ultimately he was unsuccessful. He went to such a, an extent of trying to make this case of Jesus not existing. Um, he went, he he spoke with <clears throat> um, doctors, psychologists, because the one thing he was trying to prove wrong was the resurrection of Jesus. And the main thing on that was, did he really die? Okay. So the main point of it was, did Jesus die? Maybe he didn't die. And then that's how they thought that he was resurrected, but he went to a doctor. And so this dude lived in Chicago. He went to a doctor in California and he met with this doctor and the doctor gave him, um, an article from a medical journal. And it was specifically talking about Jesus and his death. And the just the way that Jesus was on the cross and just all the stuff that he was dealing with, that he was likely dead before he was pierced with the spear. And if you don't know about what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then it just kind of look it up because that's kind of what happened. So Jesus was on the cross and then he was speared. And when he was speared, they said blood and water came out and, um, so there was a pretty decent chance that he was dead already when that happened. Um, so the, this article, the, the journalist went and talked to this doctor, this medical doctor. And he said, basically, there's no way that he would have been alive probably before that he was speared. Like, so he was more than likely dead before that happened. He went and talked to a psychologist because he was under the impression that maybe like there was some sort of mass hallucination or whatever. Right. And she's like, yeah, that's not how it works. She's like, there's no way that there's like this huge group of people. And he was like, well, how many? And then they're they talking about like, there's was like 500 people who witnessed Jesus after he was crucified and after he was re after he resurrected. So um, she's like, there's no possible way that everyone colluded. And the other thing too, is like some of the naysayers will go in there and say, well, the gospel basically says like, okay, well, this one dude says like, let's say Matthew says this. And then John says this. Um, but 
they're not they're not identical gospels right so that's kind of what you're saying like there's yeah. there's not consistent identical stories they are basically the same mm-hmm. but if you think about it and he brings up a specific case on this where if you go into like a court of law and you have three or four or five witnesses whatever however many there are and every single one of them says exactly the same thing that trial gets thrown out from as a mistrial because the witnesses were under the it's under the impression mm-hmm. that those witnesses have colluded so yeah. they're going to say different things to an extent but ultimately the same thing is what they're talking about right so yeah like you're talking about with the car crash yeah like oh uh, yeah the car was going the car hit the brakes right beforehand the car may not have hit their brakes but this car definitely ran the red light you know yeah. whatever the case may be this definitely happened all this other stuff is kind of irrelevant right so if you're getting into this and you're looking at the ways to not believe there's far more evidence to prove that this happened, yeah. right? And I mean, there's numerous people. specific instance. Yep. There's numerous people just like Lee Strobel that I, I mean, I know personally who set out to disprove, you know, faith at all in God, like, you know, yeah. agnostics and atheists, like I'm going to, I'm going to prove God does not exist. And then here they are like leaders of our church now. Like, yep. I mean, it's just, it's, it is what it is. Like you can't set out to disprove something that is, that is true. Like tr- the truth will always prevail. It can be mm-hmm. muddied by perception for a moment, but truth will always, will always prevail. And if you want to get some, go- I got goosebumps because, because I was thinking about it. If you want to get some serious goosebumps, there's a, one of the documentaries is called a case for heaven. And there are individuals who have had, there's like a handful of uh, testimonies on this uh, documentary and they're basically telling their near-death experiences yep and some of them actually don't end up going to heaven right away yep and the one specific story and this is all this is all like backed by medical like you know this all this stuff is not it's not there's no way it's made up um one individual was uh, I can't remember exactly what happened, but they basically drained all the blood out of her body. Right. There was some sort of procedure they were doing. They drained all the blood out of her body. The, her brain was dead. She had tape over her eyes. She had earplugs in with like a, they said some loud noise that it was like a train or something, hundred decibels, whatever, whatever the sound hmm. was. Um, and as she was on the table, she rose up and saw, she saw like all the tools which she, which were not out there when she was put under and she saw the shoes. She noticed that one of the doctors wasn't wearing like the little cover thingies on his shoes. She floated up, out, up above the hospital. She was above the roof and she saw there was a sneaker on the ledge of the roof that had, it was a, this color shoe. It was scuffed. The, the lace was underneath the heel on the edge of the thing. And they're like, what? And she's like, I'm telling you it's up there. So one of the doctors, went up and checked and it was there and they're i mean there's they're like yeah how how is this even possible so you know there's there's a lot of stuff like that um yeah there's i mean 100 percent. i mean i even have my own experience too like when i overdosed the first time well both times but um i witnessed like the realities of heaven and hell firsthand like most people when they overdose they like they black out and then if they wake up, they wake up. If they don't, they're deceased. Like that's just is what it is. But God allowed me to see the war going on over my soul. 
and I was being pulled down a spiral staircase by a thousand eager hands separating my soul from my body. And I was being like pulled down the spiral staircase. And I ended up just like feeling like I was in the center of God's hand. And he audibly asked me, you know, choose today whom you're going to serve. The summation of every choice you made has led you here. Now choose today whom you're going to serve. And at that point, my mom's holding on to me. He's like, Jesus, say it. You love Jesus. And I said, Jesus, I love Jesus. And that was the first time I was like asphyxiating. I was um, I, like, I my my respirations were, I don't even know, but they were shallow at best. And I was like asphyxiating. Mm-hmm. And um, for when I said Jesus, I was like, I could breathe for the first time. And then it was like the war was on in my head. Am I going to trust Jesus or am I going to trust logic and reason within myself? And um, this whole experience, you know, long story short is I didn't know if I was going to, if I was already dead and this was some sort of like crazy, like torment that I was stuck in, but I I was throwing 220 pound firemen and and police officers across the living room of my mom's house, like just single-handedly just throwing them and they put me in handcuffs to restrain me. I pulled my hands out of the handcuffs, blood everywhere. They finally strapped me to a crazy person gurney. Like the the, uh, paramedic showed up and got my heart rate. It was 236 beats a minute. Like after I had already like calmed down some, um, basically didn't know if I was going to live. And I wheeled me into the like Chandler, Chandler regional hospital. There were seven armed guards waiting for me upon arrival. They called for backup. And I remember just like, the, this is the only part of this whole thing in the ER that I remember is this, this ER doc comes in and he's like, cuts all my clothes off and I could hear him hit the floor. Like it was like, I had just got out of a swimming pool. I could hear my shirt hit the floor and it was like, Splash! and the it doctor's like, it was wet. It was all sweat. My body was just like, just, I mean, I was dying. And, um, the doctor goes, if you're going to live, you're going to live. If you're going to die, you're going to die. There's nothing but I that I can keep you, nothing I can do but keep you hydrated. And he's like, you're effing stupid. And he turned around and walked out. And I was just like, just blacked out. Like at that point, closed my eyes and I didn't know if I was gone. But I'm right before that, I remember looking at the IV and it was, there was no drip. It was line to arm. Like there was, mm-hmm. it was as much as my body could take in at that moment is what they were giving me. And it was, uh, I just fell asleep. Woke up, don't even know how many hours later, but when I first opened my eyes, I was like underneath a, like a, like recessed ceiling, like a false ceiling. And I, first thing I see when I open my eyes is a cross in the, in the recessed ceiling. And I'm just like, all right, Jesus, I don't even know who you are, but here I am. Like, obviously you're it. And I mean, I wish that was the end of it, but you know, fast forward, second overdose, similar experience. And, you know, God told me, I got you out of the first one. You can get yourself out of the second one. And I just remember being like, yeah, what? <laughs> falling asleep. And I was like May 29th, 2008. I woke up on May 30th and I was just like, like I was at the poker table of life and I just threw all my chips in and was like, God, where you want me to go? I'll go. What you want me to do? I'll do. I'm in, I'm sold in wherever, whatever you want from my life. I'm submitted to it. Like you're the, you're it. Everything you say you are in the, and the degree in which you've been faithful to me, I'm all in. And that was it, dude. And like the, the, that was it. Sobriety date, surrender date. So like for me, I had a date of salvation when Jesus literally saved my life for the first time. And then May 29th going on when I woke up May 30th, it was like, that was the day of surrender. I was like, Jesus, I'm all yours. 100%. No questions asked. I'm in. Dang. Yeah. I, I don't that. have a norm. I don't have a normal. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do the whole John three sixteen, you know, sort of salvation. It was, 
I was a wicked heathen for evidence as to why I believed what I believed and middle fingers to God's face, experienced the overdose and woke up and was fully aware of what spiritual warfare was. There was no, no baby Christianity's phase for me. So God later on took me back to that, but that was, that was how your boy got saved over here, bro. That works. That'll do <laughs> know, it. Right? That'll do it. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, on top of that, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, if we want to be uh, objective, right. That's, yep. that's anecdotal, right. That's your experience. Yep. Um, I haven't experienced anything like that. Uh, I just something that I've researched. Not, I don't, I don't believe because I researched, right. I believe because I do, I always have. Um, but now as I've looked into like all these different things, um, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, right? So um, another thing is, is that Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, they all recognize Jesus, right? Islam even believes that Jesus is the son of God. The only thing that they don't believe is that he was crucified and died. They think that he was brought back to heaven without uh, the crucifixion, I believe, something like that. So yeah, that's even in, that's even in the Quran. So it's like, I mean, it's it's there. Like you know what I mean. It, this stuff is there, and um, there's evidence for the Old Testament too, right? There's a ton. So they just—I don't know if it's just recently, but within the last however many years, they found essentially where Noah's Ark was supposed to have landed, like where it stopped, right? Mm-hmm. And the waters receded, and it's the shape of a boat. And um, in the Bible, it says it's three hundred cubits long, which is five hundred fifteen feet ish. They measured it; it's exactly five hundred fifteen feet. Okay, and the spot where they the Bible says it stopped, right? Mount Sinai, also where Moses had 10 commandments. Right. And I don't know exactly what it says in the Bible. I'm not as, like I said, I'm not as well versed, but it set on fire or it was struck by lightning. The, Oh, we split the, we split the, Oh yeah. yeah. So there's evidence of that too, but also the rock that was split and water flowed out of the rock. There's the physical rock they found with evidence of water flowing from it. The top of the, the top of Mount Sinai is, is, is black. Because it was like burnt. It was burnt by whatever fire, lightning. I don't know exactly. I don't know what it is. So, but that's there also. Okay. So it's like um, another thing too. And this is going to kind of piss a lot of people off, but whatever. Um, Look up the the Cambrian explosion. Okay. Which in itself completely nullifies Darwin's theory of evolution. Okay. So Darwin's theory of evolution basically says like since the beginning, of all things it's been a slow creation evolution like we came from algae yeah right which is the primordial soup first of all sounds ridiculous um but there's this cambrian explosion is what is what yeah cambrian explosion and at so there's no fossil proof of anything before this time right this is stuff that there's nothing beforehand and then all of a sudden boom like in 
the layers of the earth there's all of a sudden boom everything all these things just start happening coming to life or whatever and the way that it was explained in the documentary was is that if this all creation was on a 24-hour clock right at this specific point within two minutes everything was created everything just happened to be there so i mean what like yep. it's <laughs> you know like yeah there's literally evidence that everything happened like this right it it wasn't a gradual thing it was this happened now that's it boom fossils Which, start yeah. happening right away in a specific layer in the earth below that nothing nothing at all you know so it's like there's a letter i don't know the specifics but there was a letter that was done by several hundred biologists um who saw this and they're like well we need to stop talking about darwin's theory of evolution because it's it seems to be inaccurate yeah you know so and those are just yeah, a couple whole, things there's the several whole, other like, i'm sure yeah like the whole darwinian theory of evolution okay so even like the the you know explosion that coincides with in the book of genesis when god says you know in the beginning of you know, let there be light like that mm -hmm. like there is a moment in time that god finitely put there that said this is the beginning and it's still going like it's like that word is still sounding forth through the physical universe yeah but then when you start talking about darwinian's theory of evolution how we came from algae in the primordial soup and then all of a sudden something happens and then from nothing becomes this first single cell microorganism. Like if you, okay, then that's what they think that this whole train of thought all the way out is from there. Then there was, you know, deviations in this one single cell microorganism. Then that evolved over yeah. millions and millions of years to create what we have now. Okay. What happens? Like what in your, in your, tr how can you defend the, the notion like that from, nothing became something like how how do you how do you derive that conclusion when you're talking about evolution yeah. as in a minor change in species over time there's physical evidential proofs of that look at any sort of bird on the galapagos islands from one island there's a deviation to the next island which is where darwin was in the the the, the galapagos islands when he penned the darwinian theory of evolution but then you even trace that back down to how much physical information is in one single strand of mitochondrial DNA, like what you're made of, what your genetics are. It's like, you know, an astronomical amount of books, size 12 font in Times New Roman. It's like a thousand books worth of information that it could be derived from a single strand of one cell's DNA. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you say that doesn't speak of a creator, of a designer? Right. You know, a lot of the dudes when I was studying and reading on some of this, um, I forget his name. That's a Ken something that kind of, you know, defends. He's a he's um, an apologist that defends the faith. Um, I have one of his books in the garage, but um, he was basically saying at this point, like, like Ken Ham? every yes, Ken Ham, that's right. So he 
like is was essentially saying you like how can you get to the conclusion that something became of nothing when there's this much information in one strand of one cell and your there's three trillion of them in your body mm-hmm. like like Dar- darwin only had a microscope he did not have an electron microscope so he was deriving these far out conclusions with like you said inaccurate information with what he was seeing with his physical eye and what could he could study with a microscope like yep not an electron microscope. So, I mean, really there is a group in in the scientific community that is straying from the Darwinian theory of evolution because it is inaccurate. Like there's physical evidence that we've derived today that was unavailable 200 years ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, as far as like, think about the concept of just magically we have this one planet that is the perfect environment for us to live. Yep. Right. Like we have the ability to see the stars. We have an atmosphere that protects us from the radiation from the sun. We have all these, like think about the specificity on how narrow this criteria has to be um, in one of the documentaries. It says like, take a ruler and stretch it from, I think it's like here to the sun or somewhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like 13 billion miles and mark off one inch. And we, in order for everything to be the way it is right now with the environment and homeostasis or whatever the words are, has to be one inch specifically right on this ruler that goes from here i think like i think they said to jupiter or something anyways Mm -hmm. it's like one in trillion 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 it's like an unbelievable number yeah no unbelievable number and if it deviates at all either way nothing exists at all yep so for you to think that there is two rocks that clash together in the universe and then just magically created everything like you, I mean, come on, you're a little, it almost little takes dense. like we're talking about blind faith. It takes more faith exactly. to believe that exactly. than it does to take the evidence at hand. And okay. If you don't want to go all the way to God, the almighty creator of everything. Okay. Let's go, let's drop down and dumb it down to, you know, intelligent designer. Like mm-hmm. it takes more faith to believe something came from nothing and just boom, we got something than to believe that the earth speaks of a designer. Yep. If you're not ready to say God almighty yet, it speaks yep. of intelligent design. That's just the way. I mean, look around, bro. Yep. Look at the stars. Like you're saying this one, you know, inches in deviation, miles of deviation in any direction, a single mile. In just deviation. like you were talking about uh, the other day. Yep. It's like, yep. A, a single a single degree of deviation it would be there would not physically be the environment for life to be inhabitable that yep. speaks of the fine nature and like precision of the creator it's yep. insane yeah and um just like kind of I, I just kind of want bouncing back and forth right so in the uh in the case for heaven documentary um maybe not even that it was just something because i was just like looking at it because like i i I find like the near-death experiences to be like i don't know like not heartwarming but 
they're like it's like comforting yeah you know like because like i don't i don't doubt it but sometimes you're just like man like this world is so ridiculous and just to have the knowledge that this is there right like heaven is there yeah um it's just like super comforting right just being able to kind of be like well the world this is why like i try to say like look the world and i think someone said i think jesus says this i don't know i may be wrong but in one of the documentaries it says like jesus puts us here on earth to make friends so that we have people um to like be homies with in heaven right something like that is that somewhere uh, I don't necessarily know if that's in there, but the concept is is I essentially. Yeah, I mean, it, it sound very good, so I would believe it. <laughs> it's there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, um, dude. But yeah. I mean, really though, like, kind of like what we said a couple of podcasts ago, like the little random note that popped into my head that like the angels don't get the privilege of preaching the gospel, that like Jesus chose to use us to further His mission. Like angels are God conscious; they don't get to come down. And tell someone who has yet to believe in Jesus about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, like the Prince of Peace, the author of grace, dude, like that just is a mind blowing, you know, concept, but also like in that process, the dudes like, so this, this pastor that I knew years ago, his name was Jack, Jack Lavino. And there's, you know, the one that I served under in Calvary Ranch in San Diego, Tom uh, McAloon. Like those two dudes single-handedly brought an army to heaven, like so many people, like, mm-hmm. and you would just talk to them and they were the most genuine. I mean, pastor Tom was a lit, he was a retired Marine. So he was a tell it as it is like, this is, you know, at 74 years old running laps around me, like just, you know, putting in work at the ranch, old, you know, like, good old devil dog. Yes. He's uh just like, dude, just, that was just tried and true. But you talk to these guys and like, the knowledge and wisdom and then you hear like the stories of how many people they brought to christ like and it's not as this like badge of or chip on the shoulder it's really like this is what you get to do Mm -hmm. this is what we're here for we've encountered jesus he's given he's made a, a a message of our mess and charged us with going to tell people about him like that's what you get to do the privilege of telling someone about jesus like you know, a lot of times we take it for granted, but really it is in that process. You get to be in relationship with people and you also get to know and show people, dude, this is the promise. Like heaven is the promise. Eternity with Christ is the promise. Now, let me take you by the hand and walk you to the cross. Like that right there is that concept you're just saying, dude, it's like, that's our, that's our mission here, bro, is going to world and make disciples. But why not start in your backyard? Why not start in your home? Why not start at the Starbucks down the street, which is trash, by the way, go find another coffee shop. Like, (laughs) like wherever you frequent, make that your mission, dude. Like those people in there matter to Jesus. Therefore they should matter to you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that whole concept, man, making homies. So you got homies in heaven, dude, for real. Like that's, that's what we're charged to do. The simplicity of the gospel is this Jesus first loved me. I love Jesus. Now I'm going to go tell people about this Jesus I've encountered. Dude, that reminds me after the break so i have the scripture about when when jesus said that when about the homies and the homies Mm -hmm. he doesn't say that obviously but i assume if you were around now he would i i would agree um remind me to talk about the magician 
Penn and Teller, the the big the one with the long the big one. Okay. I don't know okay. which one that is, but the magician he, got it. He posted something, um, and then you know who Victor Marks is? No. Victor Explain. Marks. Victor Marks is a former Marine, and he is basically like a pedo hunter. Um, and he has teams who go and get kids who are like trafficked. So he, oh, like, right on. He he basically runs the teams, um, and it's it's a pretty legit thing. And Victor Marks is like a, a awesome dude. And his his awesome. Instagram, if you don't know who he is, if you're listening, look on his Instagram. He's very very down to earth Christian dude. Um, so just kind of take a look at that. But he posted a video of this dude. I, I think it's Teller. I don't know, whatever, whatever his name is, one of the Penn and Teller dudes. Um, but I'll get into it after the break because we're kind of cutting it close here. So so it doesn't cut off on us. We're going to take a break. Yes, sir. We'll come back and then we'll get into it a little bit more. Perfect. All right. See you guys in a minute. a little bit. Phoenix, Arizona family business that offers three services. Be Organized is our personal organization service. We will organize and declutter projects in your home or offices. Be Hauled is our junk and debris removal services. We haul away unwanted junk, yard debris, and furniture. And Be Restored Designs is our furniture restoring service. We restore and customize your older wooden pieces, breathing life back into them. We would love to give you a helping hand. For more information or to get a free quote, find us on Facebook or Instagram. Links will be included in the description below. Or you can shoot us an email at just.b.ohr516 at gmail.com. Recording in progress. All right, weird how it says that every time. Let's do this. Welcome. Welcome back. You like that? Welcome back. Yeah, I Welcome like it. Welcome back. Yeah, I like your right. sound effects. It's like we were talking. And, Magician. Um, Talk about magicians. some magicians. Magi- okay, let me give you this Bible verse that Jesus says about the homies oh, yes. and the homies. Send it. So it's Luke 16, 9. And he says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Ooh, hey yo making homies right. for homies in heaven dude so you're basically here making friends who will hopefully welcome you when you get to heaven yep right? so um while we were on that section in the one of this one of the uh testimonies regarding the near-death experience thing this guy um I can't remember exactly what, why he was not a good person, but he apparently wasn't a good person. Um, and according to him and some other individuals that were interviewed in this film, there is a, this is not something that's really relevant because, but it's, it may be important for some people to know, I guess. Yeah. Just, yeah. So the amount of torture air quotes that I'm putting up here, that you are going to get in hell is proportionate to the type of person you are while you're here, essentially, Mm. I guess. I don't know for sure if that's the case, but that's what was said. Mm -hmm. Um, Not something I'm concerned with. 
because hopefully I don't have to deal with it. However, yes, sir. This individual, um, he had something going on. He was he had passed away on the table somewhere. Uh, it was in a hospital. He wasn't just like randomly on a table on a random table. He's <laughs> just like I just landed landed on some just landed table one. and was like, all right, guys, see you later. Done. Um, he passed away, and he heard someone calling his name. He leaves the room, starts walking down the hallway. It's kind of dark, and he sees like these shadowy figures, and they basically kind of grab him. Not like not like violently, but they are like kind yeah. of like let's go this way. You know, and they're kind of pulling him and they're walking and walking. He said they must have walked for miles or whatever because it took forever. Um, when he gets to wherever it was, he kind of like, he's like kind of thinking like, this doesn't seem right. And he tries to turn around to go back, I think is what he says. And then they basically knock him down and they like start taking his limbs off piece by piece kind of a thing. And he hears, um, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it again. Um, he hears God say, or some um, someone says, pray, uh, like, pray to Jesus or something like that. And he's like, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please save me. And then, boom. They're gone. The pain is gone. He's like, it's bright light. And it's just like, he's like, this was, he's like, it was insane. And then he... I think he said he hugged Jesus. I can't. I'm, I might be mixing the stories up, but whatever. Uh, long story short, he came to, he came back to life, and then he became a pastor. Yeah, because he was like, "This is insane." He's like, "There's no," because I guess he said he went to Sunday school growing up, and then he kind of didn't believe in God anymore or whatever. Whatever. What it is, what it is, right? So. It's just, there's too many corroborating stories of people who have never met each other. And there's even testimony from individuals who are blind, who have been blind since birth, who have witnessed and have testified that they saw all these colors. They saw what people looked like. They saw like, like this one, one of them was a blind woman who passed and came back and she said that she saw her sister and she had black hair and she all this stuff and everyone's like how do you even know that because you're blind yep you know and she's like she said she was my sister and then the same thing there's the one there's a movie about it where the little kid passed away and he saw his sister you know that one yeah um the uh heaven is for real i think heaven, yeah movies. yep and he says the same thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, I have a sister. And she's like, yeah, your sister, she's right there. She's like, no, my other sister, her name is this. And the mom was like, what? Yep. And um, yep. Like, there's just too many of those instances where it's like, dude, you got to, how, how, there's no possible way that somebody can, you know, the testimony is like, there's no possible way that it could happen any other way. There's no other explanation. Yep. You know, and it's just, I don't know. It's just overwhelming evidence. And as I do, I when you waited, but something, I mean, and it's just, I mean, for real, because some people are like, I mean, I used to say, like, yo, God, if you're real, do this or whatever. Right. The first time I ever experienced like a legit healing, like right in front of my face, I was on a missions trip to Cancun. Um, and we that were, must have been rough. 
it was dude because crazy like you go to cancun you're like oh dude there's like five-star hotels everywhere you go a quarter mile in any direction past the hotel zone you go around a roundabout on the right or the left and you drop into like the slums where there's no running water and a truck drives around and fills up their water Mm -hmm. on a weekly basis so like it's like real deal outside of that like little mile and a half stretch of beach like it's like legit crazy so we were out in the middle of of uh cancun in the backside and like we're in charge of like 40 teenagers and we've been doing ministry it was like in the middle of the trip so we're like day five and we were doing we're getting up at like six in the morning eating breakfast at the hotel and then meeting up with local pastors and ministering like street evangelism Mm-hmm. Like dressing the kids up like clowns, like, you know, having a service kid related. Um, and then at night at that church, same church, we would go back to the same church and invite the parents to hear like the gospel side of it. Um, and a lot of times the kids experience Jesus at these, this little kid, like clown, like thing that like it was gospel oriented, Jesus oriented, and they would bring their parents and, um, we were at this like little tiny church, if you could call it that, like it was basically like four semi large sticks and chicken wire and with a little bit of like stucco on the chicken wire. And that was the church. And it was like at the end of this, like dirt road that ended into like this, like trash pile. And we were sitting there and we were ministering to these, to these adults. And then, um, excuse me, we, uh, this guy comes forward and the translator was like, Hey, he wants prayer for his back. I'm like, all right, I've never, I mean, I'm praying in English. He's, you know, obviously speaks, speaks Spanish and there's a barrier in between like linguistically, but I put my hand on his stomach and I'm just, you know, pray this prayer, like, you know, Holy spirit, you know, we just ask that you just heal this man's back right now. And like, I'm praying, I got my eyes closed and I felt like someone was like, like the glory of heaven just fell through me and into this dude. And like such a way, like I was trembling so intensely that like i you know i like let go and fell to my knees and it was just like you know lord that was whatever you want to do with this guy like lord do it you know i believe that you can heal i believe who you you are who you say you are and i was just commanding this back like you know let this back be restored and then after the fact um he the guy that i had prayed for grabs the like the translator and then comes and grabs me and he's like when you were praying for him he felt this hand of fire come and like grab his spine and pass through his spine and the pain was gone and earlier that year he was a sole provider for his house he had fallen off a ladder at work and damaged or broke his lower vertebrae and basically like the interpreter was like okay well bend down and touch your toes like show me and he like bends down and touches toes and he starts jumping like you know you know you know <laughs> gloria de jesus like jesus thank you like, glory to god glory to god and this like happened right in front of my eyes and i just start weeping and um a- another time my the pastor that i serve under now he they were at this uh this like crusade in south america somewhere and he was telling the story of this girl came up and was like i can't she she was deaf from birth and, you know, he's praying, you know, I don't know how to pray for deaf people, but okay. Like, you know, Holy Spirit, how, how, like praying, praying, praying. And he's just like, Holy Spirit, what, I mean, God, Jesus, what would you do? And he's like, I don't know. Jesus would put his fingers in his ear. So he like spits on his fingers and like gets mm-hmm. mud and sticks them in this girl's ear and is praying like, Lord, restore this healing, like command these ears to open right now in Jesus name. And all of a sudden she grabs his hands and throws them away. And then she's like covering her head immediately could hear. 
It's like Whoa. when that happens right in front of you, it has nothing to do with you and the reality that the God you serve is the one who did it. And it's like, it'll floor you. Like, you're just like such a reverential, like Holy spirit, like Jesus, you are King. Like everything mm -hmm. bows at your name. It's just, it, I, I mean, oh, bro, if you have a chance to go on a missions trip anywhere in the world, I mean, down the street from your house do it just one, I say do one foreign missions trip in your entire life and one domestic and watch and, and watch Jesus show up in a way you've never experienced or never expected. It's amazing. And then seeing teenagers do it, forget about it, bro. That was like, you couldn't Even have better. paid me, dude, you couldn't have paid me money to trade that experience in, bro. You could have gave me a billion dollars. Nope. To watch these teenagers lay hands on people and they recover. Come on, dude. Like there's something so sweet about kids picking up and realizing there's no junior Holy spirit. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead resides in them. It's not yep. like their grandfather, like they got to go through a growing process. No, dude, these kids like hear and believe. Like, yep. I don't know if you, if you read, do some reading too um, on Heidi Baker and what she's done in, in Africa and crazy stories of healing that these like, four, five, and six-year-old kids are laying hands on their like deceased relatives that have like been deceased, deceased, like bugs deceased. And like all of a sudden skins regrown, the heart starts beating and these people sit up, dude, the bugs flee and these resurrected from the dead. Five-year-olds are doing this. Like that's the power of Jesus, man. That's the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit flowing. It was kind through, of breaking man. up when you said that. Oh man. So basically little kids laying hands on, on people, um, and like coming back to life, like they're dead relatives that have been dead for days and days, like already Whoa. bugs are taking, taking over, like laying hands on these, these people and like watching skin regrow and hearts start beating and people sitting up completely healed, bro. Insane. Like that's what's happening in, in like for on the foreign mission field, you don't have to convince these people that the satanic and the demonic exist. Like they live in it every day. Mm -hmm. Like you think of shamans, you think of witchcraft, you think of all these like things that are just commonplace in third world countries. Like, oh, I'm sick. I'm going to go down to the witch doctor. Like, yep. you don't have to convince these people evil exists. Like they see it. So when you say, hey, this Jesus I serve is greater than the evil you see. Boom. Forget about it, dude. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That, I don't even know what I would do with that. I mean, I'd, I'd <laughs> freak. I don't know how I would handle that. Um, that would probably trip me out pretty good. <laughs> Jesus is just it, man. Like he's he's amazing, bro. And just the like the honor it is to serve him, to be counted a son and daughter of the Most High God. Like, come on, dude. Like that's a privilege, bro. Um, yeah, that's, uh, tell me about this magician guy, bro. This pen oh, and yeah, teller yeah. or whatever. Sorry. Yeah. I just pulled it up actually. So <laughs> the dude's name is Penn Gillette, I guess is his name from Penn and Teller. Okay. And the gist of it is basically, um, like he's an atheist, right? So that leave that where it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's an atheist and he makes a video basically saying like, um, he basically how other atheists get mad when Christians evangelize, right? Um, and or witness, or I don't remember, I don't know what, what it is yeah. like, 
right, right, evangelize. That's what it is. Yeah, evangelism is like going out and telling people about Jesus. Oh man, you're breaking up still. What the crap? No, is my internet? Ex- can you hear me now? Yeah. Better. Yeah, yeah evangelism is just go. Up. It's probably my internet. It's kind of getting a little funky, but yeah, evangelism is just going out and telling people about Jesus. So yeah, atheists do get really pissed off when you're doing that. So he basically says like, if so. Look at it this way, and then I'm gonna. It's not verbatim, but it's essentially what he's talking about. So if you know, like if I if I knew you, right? Let's say I was I was an atheist. I'm not, I'm not, right? Hand to God, I'm not. Yep. Right. If you were trying to tell me, like, this is how it is, you know, God created everything. Jesus is the Son of Man. Um, he came and he lived as a human. Um, but he was human and God and he came and he lived and he died for us so that our sins can be forgiven. And because of this, um, you know, we just have to repent and make sure that we're doing our best, right. To not be jerk mouths or jerk yeah. faces, whichever you prefer. Um, and he said, if you're a person, if I was a person who was getting upset with you, for trying to explain to me that all of this cool stuff is available, right? Like you have the ability to get to heaven and live eternally with God and with no pain and with all happiness and all this stuff. Like what kind of evil person are you to like not want them to share that? You know, like if they truly believe that, like if you truly believe all of this, like if we truly believe that, there's a heaven and there's a hell and you have to do this in order to get to heaven. If I decided to not say anything to you, or, or let's say I'm the atheist here and you decided not to say anything to me about it, what kind of evil person are you to not try to tell me that this exists? Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and for an atheist to say that. Yep. Is, is pretty crazy to me. And... Yeah, I mean, it's really like you have the gift, the like the, the like the keys. You have the keys. It's like say everybody is, I mean, literally, or is dying globally. There's a global pandemic pandemic that is like like ten times worse than the Spanish flu, where there's millions of people dying, and mm-hmm. you're the one person who has the antidote, walking yeah. around, and you're n- not willing to share the antidote with somebody else, like. Who, what does that say about you? Right. As a person. What kind of evil? What kind of evil and, is yeah, that? Exactly. Like, I'm going to hoard this for myself. Like, who who lights a lamp? Like what Jesus says, who lights a lamp and then covers it with a lampstand, lampshade? Like, yeah. puts, puts a light over it. Like, what's, like, what? Like, that's what, you know, you're supposed to, you're called to be a light in dark places. That's what we're called to do is in to share this. But really, that's a pretty profound concept for an atheist to say. Like, if this is true and you don't try to tell me what kind of evil resides in you, like you don't care if that's that person's soul perishes, like that person like yeah. is eternally separated from Jesus. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Like, I heard it put this way one time from some old timer at the ranch that I was serving at in San Diego. He was like, okay, man, because I was kind of like, I was in a questioning phase, like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about this? Like, how do you absolutely know? Like, just kind of being a 19-year-old punk, you know? Um, and he was like, okay, let's put it this way, man. Say at the end of this whole thing, it turns out that there is no God and there is no heaven and there is no hell. And you're just, 
you just die and you turn into leaves that a cow eats or grass that a cow eats like whatever whatever however this thing plays out what if like that's like it there's nothing after this i lived a good life i can hang my hat on say i was a good person who cared about other people who put others first who served the the ones who didn't need to be didn't want to be served like i that was who i was as a person i lived a good life but on the other side of that coin you play this thing out and you have your middle fingers up and doubt and 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 you believe there is no god and no heaven and no hell and there is a god how does that play out like i would he's like i would rather be on the side of having my faith in god and it turning out to not be and have having a li lived a good life then play this thing out and live however i want and then get to the end of my life and then realize hey <laughs> there is a judgment seat of Christ. You will be judged on how you've lived and acted and what you've done. So mm -hmm. that was kind of profound to me. Like, oh yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds dumb, like reciting it right now, thinking about, but that's what it was like profound to me in that moment. Like either way you shake this thing out, if you're pursuing Jesus and the, who the character of who Jesus is, and you want to emulate and you want to allow him to transform how you act to resemble more like him, you've lived a life that is a that is that's a worthy life. You've lived a life for others. You've sacrificed yourself for the people around you, for your family. And like, that's something to hang your hat on, man, at the end of the day. So, yep. I mean, dude, and it's, it's pretty dope. I mean, I, uh, like I always kind of, I don't know, like even even when I when we started going to church up here, I was at a point where I would uh, like some of the people on like when we did the trunk retreat or whatever, and the dudes like, oh, God's blessed us today, and I'm like, you know, which like I kind of feel like a jerk because like I just I'm just not used to, it's just it's just not something I'm used to hearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like people say like you know like randomly like oh you know bless you like if you sneeze or something like that but they don't yep. truly they don't truly mean it right they don't truly they just say it it's there's just no a habit. weight behind it yeah you know there's not like um this guy he's one of the elder i would say he's an elder he's got gray hair so you know he's yeah hey whatever whatever and so like in that in that way <laughs> mine's on the side i get it up here yeah i got gray i actually found one up. under here bro when i was trimming gray, my beard dude, earlier dude. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's Whoa. nice though. I like how it's got the same. We're just showing our beards, and we're pointing yeah, out beards. gray hairs. Yeah, that's you know, things dudes um, do. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, like it was. It's just like a. It was just a weird thing. Um, and not even weird. It was just like something I'm just not used to hearing. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, as, like I was telling you before, as far as like the worship music goes, right? So we're at church, and you know, like now I sing. I listen to worship music on my phone, just like the songs that they play at church because I like to, I want to like know what they know are. Them. Mm -hmm. um, and like the meaning behind a lot of them. And then my son, he was like, said that he like ended up just kind of singing one in school, like while he was doing work or whatever. And the teacher's like looking at him all weird. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I'm, I was just singing the song that from church. And uh, so like, I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, so you know not a huge deal but you I mean, know that's dope it though. means something you know what i mean and um yep so i think that we're i and and i kind of like 
not necessarily feel uncomfortable. I kind of feel uncomfortable a little bit. If I were like to go out and uh, like to like a park or like a whatever and be all like, you know, have you found Jesus? Like that kind of thing. I think this is this what we're doing right now mm-hmm. is probably similar, right? Like yeah. we're doing our, we're doing something to try to yep. get more people to follow Jesus. And yeah, you know, and what would it say about us if we were not taking part? Is that Amanda? You're winking at Amanda. No, it was, uh, uh, Aria is walking by. They just oh. got in. <laughs> yeah, she she walks by and goes, like, my job's to talk on this thing. You're the one that needs to be quiet. And then yeah. my oldest son just walked in with flashing ears of some kind on. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, he's a little raver, I guess. I don't know what's happening. It's, 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 kind of event are they running the, at the schools these days? Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah dude, I think like we this wouldn't is, be, yeah, this is a Go great, like not hundred percent, like what you're saying, like, that's what this, this is like us just talking about Jesus like this is capitalizing on technology that makes our voice reach further. So like, and I feel like, I mean, even back then, dude, when I've done quite a bit of street ministry stuff, like in my extensive, no, in my, uh, attempt at being a Christian, mm-hmm. um, and I've like ran into some pretty cool conversations with people, but a lot of times is like, I think the, the modern street evangelist guy that's out like thumping people with the Bible. Oh, you're going to hell. Yada. Yada. It's making a huge, like negative impact on the church's ability to reach people. Like you're making such a bad, that's where a lot of these atheists and, and like agnostics are like, don't want any part of the church because they see mm-hmm. such hypocrisy with these dudes standing on the corner, thumping them in the face with the Bible, but then see them in the parking lot acting just like they were five minutes ago, getting yelled at by them on the street court. Yeah. Um, it's like using technology in such a way that brings God, the glory is amazing. That's like using the tools, like, you know, the disciples did like learning different languages and like doing these different things that the disciples did to go and turn the world upside down. That's like what we're trying to do here is just, be a light and broadcast a voice to the airwaves. Whoever listens, God's, I mean, that's going to be God ordained because like nothing that we can do in and of ourselves is going to make a lasting impact. It's the Holy spirit working through our conversation to speak and breathe life into people. So like for me, I've always lived and operated because I've been very, I am, I'm an observant person. I will observe you. I will vet you without you even knowing I'm vetting you and to see if how you're acting and what you're saying are matching together because how your action, your actions are going to speak louder than your words. So even in the church world, I was always, I'm always vetting like, okay, this dude is his actions. I'm looking at, you know, it says in the, in the Bible, it says, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. Right. So mm-hmm. don't judge unless you want to be judged. Okay. That's what the Bible says, but it also tells you in the Bible to observe their fruit as the fruit of their life. Like what fruit is their life bringing? So I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm observing. So if there's like this, the fruit of the Holy spirit, peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, you know, gentleness, long suffering, all these things are coming innately from you and out of you exuding this like relationship with Jesus. And then your words line up with that. Boom. Like that's authentic Christianity. And that's how we should be living in every interaction. So yeah, the people we do talk to on the street, this whole thing is relational, man. Like the time and place for standing on a street corner and smashing someone's face in with a Bible is past. Like you want to make a a lasting eternal change in someone's life. 
build a freaking relationship with them, have some dinner with them, learn their kids' names, their birthdays, what they do, spend some time growing with people in yeah. relationship. And then it's only a matter of time before they read your life and see the physical person of Jesus coming through it, that they're go then through those actions, you're going to introduce them before you even say Jesus with your mouth. You've They've already met who Jesus is because he lives in you. It's relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus think what Jesus did. He chose 12 imperfect, foolish dudes, wicked dudes in and of themselves to turn the entire world upside down. Like that's who Jesus is, is about relationship. So he took 12 dudes and lived in relationship with them and they turned the world upside down. Why have we strayed away from relationship? This whole thing needs to be about relationship. Yeah. And community. That's it. Yeah. Relation. I yeah. mean, hundred percent. And, um, I don't know if you have seen, I don't know if you watch TV or whatever, but there's a, there's a commercial, there's commercials out there. It's like, he gets us. Have oh, you seen those? No, I haven't seen them. No, they're, it's a, it's like a Christian group, right? Um, Granger Smith just pot, just partnered with them. Um, hmm. they're gonna have commercials during the Super Bowl. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a five million dollar thirty second time slot. Yeah, which I mean, in in today's day, the way that the world is, the way that it's there's, I mean, it like is kind of baffling to me how much evil is out there, like. I blatant, don't think blatant I don't evil. I don't think people even really understand it, you know. Like it, no. it's I'm it's gonna, been I'm gonna... so commonplace that Dude. no one even bats an eye when there's a satanic ritual in the middle of a halftime show. Un it's unbelievable, dude. And I just Ludicrous. It, and it's really kind of it it it's it like makes me sad too. Like the other thing is you know, and this is kind of a taboo subject, but like with abortion, man, like mm -hmm. it really it's like it really hurts my heart to like know how many millions of children are just being just killed and the majority of it is just out of convenience it's not you know and it and it, it it's i don't know i don't even want to talk about it really cuz it really makes me upset yeah. um but i had my son look up the stats and i said look up how many abortions happened this year already and he was, because he, he, he didn't really know what it was. And then I told him what it was, a, you know, a couple months ago. And then he was like, people do that? I'm like, dude, it's like, it, it's, it's so rampant. Like, just understand, like, how sinister you have to be to be one of those people who are out there who are like, oh, yeah. Oh, I just got, I just got my third abortion. Like, are you serious? Like, that's so insane to me. Like, and you're so excited about it. Yeah. Like, regardless of the reasoning behind it, right? If it was a choice that you made to end the life of somebody else before they even had a chance to live. Like, how evil is that? How evil do you have to have that the thought in your mind? Um, I just, and I think... And that's, that's kind of like the wrong way to go about it, right? Because I know there are girls who this decisions put on them by whoever yeah. right 
Um, we got like 10 I think minutes the, left. Like what, you're, like what you're talking about though, in that context is the ones who are willfully, joyfully partaking yes, right. is, is where, you know, there, I mean, that's what you're talking about. And then the other ones, I mean, whether a hundred different circumstances, like, I mean, I know personally, like that's still a very, very subject sore subject to people that are very, very close to me um, because they made a decision when they were young and it was put on them. And, you know, they made a decision that they regret to this day. I think it's like, that's the heart of like, you know, where Jesus has this crazy amount of compassion for, you know, that given circumstances, they made a choice that was either forced or, or there was a circumstance that forced them. And then where I feel like you're in a pretty dangerous place is when you're in the first set of people like, Oh, I'm like my 10th or my third, like, and you're joyful about it. Like that is shows a very, very, very dark side of, of, of humanity in that regard. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's kind of a yeah sketchy situation for me to talk about. Cause it, it like, it's, it's very sad. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't grieve your heart a little bit, that... it's celebrated so much that it's just I just I can't even I don't know it's just it it's gross and yeah very we can get into a whole very slip, yeah, yeah it's very so very sad. slippery yeah very slippery subject getting into <clears> and that. um yeah I don't even remember what we were talking about before that but um <laughs> so what happens when two dudes just be talking. oh man I just like. Anyways, the the it was pretty cool um when I saw that there's going to be those commercials on the Super Bowl and stuff. It's I thought it was I thought that's dope. And hopefully it brings a lot of people to to Christ. And I know it's like you know, it's probably a long shot cuz I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, "What I don't understand what this is." Or yeah. You know, whatever, whatever it is, right? Because when I first saw one of the commercials, I was like, thinking it was probably like, no offense to anyone listening. I thought it was like maybe an LDS or something oh, like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> their website is like he gets us.com or something like that. Very like basic. Jesus died for us. Uh, you know, like just like the basic, like his grace. And, you know, all this other stuff yep. kind of is there. And it's just like, dude, this is the stuff That's that cool. people need to see. Because, you know, like, I think one of the things that people, and this is just an assumption, obviously. I think one of the things that, that make people not want to pursue Jesus is like, they don't want to change yeah. the way that they are. You know what I mean? Um, and like, it's really not that big of a deal. Um you're you're going you're no one's ever going to say like what's wrong with you dude you're a better person now no one yeah. like if anyone says that like you shouldn't be around <laughs> them anyway like that's one yeah. of the most that's probably the most ridiculous thing somebody could say you mm -hmm. know if i said hey dude why are you such a good person yeah. why are you so kind to people this is insane this is so ridiculous this is uh like who was gonna yeah. say that no you know if it's the whole thing is is when you admit that Jesus is who he says he is, immediately you have just agreed with every action that is sin, like you've just exposed in yourself. 
So realizing that, like you're saying, like a lot of people's hesitation with believing in Jesus is then all of a sudden immediately become accountable for actions and saying that these things that were comfortable that I know are not God honoring, like now I'm accountable for. It's like this ignorance is bliss thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to just, yeah, just pretend that it doesn't exist or affect me and yada, 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 because I don't want to stop living the way I'm living. Immediately you say, okay, Jesus, your Lord, I know you are who you say you are. And then immediately you're like, that means I disagreed with sin. And then that means the way I'm living, that's comfortable to me. I have to abandon if yeah. I'm in pursuit of who Jesus is. So yeah, that right there is, is what most people are like. And I think you know, the yeah, hard nobody... part about that is like, like we were talking about last time, it's like the forgiveness, like being able to forgive yourself and knowing that what you did before was wrong mm-hmm. and understanding that it's wrong. And you just have to like, try to not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I it mean? Changes... It's like, and I think one of the, the most profound things that I heard, it was talking in regards to like putting in the effort in your marriage, mm-hmm. um, but really translates to anything. Choose your hard marriage effort. Putting into your marriage sometimes can be hard, but yeah. divorce is harder. Yeah. Putting in effort into being a better person can be difficult, but the cost of not is more. So choose your hard. Like life's going to be hard either way because Jesus didn't say like, Hey, once you confess in me, everything's Gucci. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. And he said it was going to be harder. He said, dude, you will be persecuted for yeah. my name. Hey, be of good cheer. I've already overcome the world. Like, dude, when it gets crazy difficult, don't worry. I already got your back. Yep. I've already, I've already settled the score eternally. That doesn't mean there's going to be zero suffering on this side of heaven. Not going to yeah. happen. You bought into the lie of the it's Western gonna be church. More. You're going to, you're going to suffer and it's yeah. going to be difficult, but choose your difficult. So that's kind of been my motto lately is like, okay, putting in the effort, put it, make it worth it. Like put the effort in where it's eternal and lasting in everything. Yeah. So, um, but I think we kind of covered most of it for the yeah, day. Dude, we did. I was actually, well, yeah, I was kind of expecting to see a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, you know, left unchecked boxes, but we did pretty good. Yeah. We but did. Yeah. So quickly, down here but... too, we got the veteran organizations too. So I just want to give a shout out to survivors yep. of war here locally. I mean, you can reach us on it. We are so we are, we a R E S O W.org. Um, reach us out, man. All your veterans struggling with, you know, PTSD, all that kind of stuff where our whole goal dude is, is to end veteran suicide and give them alternative therapies to cope with the, the, you know, the, the traumas of PTSD, all our first responders. Yep. So check us out online. Um, my wife, beautiful wife is actually left corporate America to go back to work for them full time, the nonprofit world. So it's been pretty cool there. Uh, eventually, hopefully maybe have him on one of these podcasts, mm-hmm. get him in would be really cool just to pick his brains or medically retired Marine. He's got a crazy testimony in and of himself, but yeah, I'm not going to share it, but yeah, dude, check us out, man. And then also find us on all the socials, man, Instagram, you know, God guns and family podcast. We need to just build the following dudes, share it, like it. So, you know, especially on all our, our, uh, you know, Spotify on the podcast, subscribe every time uh, a new one drops, you'll be notified so you can hear it too. Yeah. And then leave leave some reviews and whatnot. Yes, sir. And some stuffs and some stuffs Um, like, and share my guys. 
Yep. And then if you have questions, God, guns and family podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. And um, I think that's it. And I have, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do the prayer this time. There, do Chief. it. Yeah, buddy. You like that? All right. Yes, sir. All right. Um, Lord, we're here working on bringing more people to your glory. Please give our listeners the ability to share the word with their friends and their family and to get your grace to them. We pray that your word brings more people to you. We love you and we know that you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Until next time, big boy. That was a good one. I love it. That was great. All right. We'll see you guys later or talk later. You'll hear us later. I'll see you later. They can hear us. I'll see you later and we'll hear. I'll see you and then we'll hear. Anyways, all all the things next time. All the things. All things. All right. God bless everybody. I love you too. Bye. (laughs) 